Samuel said, My God was little, and thy own son. Was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. And the Lord sent me on a journey, and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners of the Amalekites, and fight against them until.
sick, people out traveling, vacations, things like that. Would you just watch over them and be with some more? Speak to his followers only you can do. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the saints said, Thank you. 
Because that has rejected 
church, well, you know, the Bible, it's been interpreted and it's been handled down, you know, the Latin Vulgate, and then it comes down through Tyndall, and then it comes down through Wycliffe, and then it comes down to the King James, and, you know, it's been handled so many times that you can't really put confidence in that Bible. You know, historically, it cannot be trusted, so they say. It cannot be trusted all these battles, so they say. But what I love about archaeology is it goes hard in months, goes by, but they don't I've had the office day that ever was. I'm not surprised at all. Old Slewfoot's trying to show up. But devil, I'm warning you now. You better get out of here. You better get out of here, devil, because we're going to have church. Sorry, y'all missed however long you missed there. They said it wasn't working on the internet. Where was I? Oh, yeah, here we go. Actually, when God said, you have rejected the word and, and the prophet to tell him, you have rejected in the word and the Lord has rejected you. But it's sort of like it was in the Garden of Eden when God told Adam, in the day you eat thereof, that day you shall surely die. But did he? Did Adam physically die that day? No. As a matter of fact, he lived to be 930 years old. Was Saul displaced that day? No. You see, that's what is so deceiving for people sometimes when they go to getting into sin and they go to doing this and that and the other and God doesn't immediately just smite them down and, you know, give them a flu and give them COVID on top of that and then pneumonia on top of that. That'd scare the liver out of most of us. But we can do a little wrong and then a little more wrong and then a little more wrong when we go to church and we're still blessed and we still feel the presence of the Lord and everything seems to be really good. Don't you see what that does to us? That convinces us that we're all right. So you see, the blessing of God was not taken, but it started that very day that God was going to replace him. I myself don't want to walk as close as I can to sin. I want to walk as far away as I can from it. I don't want to look back and realize, Lord have mercy, I missed God five years ago and it just now caught up with me. You understand what I'm saying? 
So here he says, God has rejected you from being king. Now, turn with me, if you would, in the book of Matthew and watch the Lord Jesus as he picks up along this same line. Watch how gifts can be actually genuine gifts can be given to people whose nature and whose soul will never be born again and yet have genuine gifts from God and just as true as a saint of God's gift is true. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the Okay, so it's not everybody then that says, Jesus is my Lord. He is my Savior. He is my Redeemer. I know this, this is not debatable because this is the Lord Jesus himself saying it. So it's not those that say that, it's them that actually do his will. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. So a person can actually call him Lord and Savior and Redeemer and King and so on and so on and not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Oh my goodness. Well, who will? Those that do the will of his Father. Now notice in verse 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, I want you to notice what's happened to these people. They have lived their life and they died as mortals. Somehow or another, when they went into that holding place in another dimension, their soul still never gained the consciousness that they were lost. Death does not change you. So when they died, they felt like they were real Christians and they were preachers or, you know, whatever they were, missionaries, Sunday school teachers and so on. And whenever they died, now remember some people, Brother Branham told us of several, that whenever they was laying on the deathbed and their soul come back to them and then they'd go to screaming, oh, I'm lost, I'm lost. But that don't happen to everybody. You see, there are many, many people that when they die, they still are in that deceived state of darkness and their soul does not come to the consciousness of light. So when the resurrection comes, they will actually raise from the dead. They will stand before the Lord God in the body they send in, which their garments testifies against them. So they will walk up before him. Now they still have the exact same testimony that they did when they died. So they didn't say, oh Lord, I'm lost, I'm lost, I'm lost. You see, all of those, when their soul comes back before they die, when they stand before God, they will not stand there and say this. They will stand there and say, oh God, be merciful, oh God, be merciful. Because the consciousness of their nature, they had it before they left. But some actually die in deceit. They actually die and their soul, Lord God have mercy, their soul is actually sealed 
with this deceit and they will raise from the dead thinking they're going into heaven. Think of it. They will walk up before the throne of God with no fear. They will walk up, praise God, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. I, I, I know he's going to say, you've done this and you was a missionary for 50 years and, and you bought the widow some coal and you've done this and that and the other and they will walk up there still with that darkness on their soul and they'll walk right up and say, Lord, Lord, I'm here. You remember me, don't you? I had campaigns, I preached. I preached to 10,000 at a time. I preached to 5,000 at a time. I done this, that, the other. So they tell what they've done and they're saying what they really believe. Why? They're deceived. Lost. Deceived, standing before almighty God. Deceived. You may think you ain't got much to praise him for tonight, but you got a whole lot to praise him for. Aren't you glad he won't let you lie and get by with it? Aren't you glad he won't let you live and do wrong and, you know, just get by with it? Aren't you glad when you do something wrong or say something wrong, there's something that just smites your heart? I'll tell you, we ought to be just about dancing all over this place here tonight. You ought to be so grateful to God he won't let you do wrong and get by with it. Oh, how many still get smitten in your heart when you do something wrong? You ought to be a happy person. Now notice this setting. Many, not a few, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. Notice they're not asking for mercy. They don't think they need it. Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied? You're talking about a powerful word. Speak forth by divine inspiration to predict, to utter forth, declare a thing which can only be known by divine revelation. To act as a prophet discharge the prophetic office. Now are these people lying? They're not. The Lord Jesus doesn't say, you're lying. You never done it. He does not question their credibility that they did it. So they would actually stand there and, and make a prophecy, thus saith the Lord. This and this and this is going to happen and people say, Lord have mercy, that happened. Did you hear that? Oh my goodness. Oh, that has to be a man of God. Be careful. Men of God aren't just known by prophecy or signs. They're known by doing the will of God. Notice how Jesus separates supernatural gifts from doing the will of God. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name. So it makes you wonder. These folks must have not been just Trinitarians. Now, I was a Trinitarian, okay? You know how I used to pray for the sick years ago? In the name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost. My first water baptism was an adultery baptism. That's what the prophet calls it, titles. 
Don't sit there and look at me bug-eyed. Most of y'all was baptized in adultery too. <laughs> we didn't have no name. We had titles. So apparently these people knew the power of the name. Notice in their response, they don't say, well, I, I laid hands on the sick in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost. No, these folks said, we did this in your name. They understood a little bit about the Godhead, didn't they? In thy name have cast out devils. Wow. Cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. So here are lost preachers, lost laity, who knows what all this covers, standing there just as hell bound as they can be and they are testifying of the glory of God. They're telling God what they've done in life. Lord, I've done this. I've, I'll tell you one thing, God, I've done that. I've done something else. And you imagine them standing there and they're expecting such great words from the Lord God. Now notice Jesus uses the word many. So it wasn't like this happened one time in the, this individual life and that was it. No, repeatedly. Oh, my goodness. May God help us. Do you understand there will be a preacher that will walk up there? All of you know him. You've read about him in the Bible. His name is Judas. A preacher that could stand there and have some testimonies beyond some message preachers. He was sent out in Matthew 10 to cast out devils. Isn't it amazing he had power to cast them out but didn't have inward power to keep them from taking him over? I ask you, which one's the most blessed? A person that can cast them out and still become possessed by them or a housewife or a young boy or a young girl that has an inward power in them and demons cannot take them over. Oh, Hallelujah! Why? Because they have the token applied and Satan cannot get inside that tabernacle. Judas will be able to say some of these very things. I cast out devils. I heal the sick. I preached the message. I told people about you, Jesus. I was one of the first ones, as a matter of fact, to preach about you. My ministry was not inferior to Peter. My ministry was not inferior to John or any of the rest of them. I had an equivalent ministry and they questioned themselves before they questioned me. I was that close. You call me to preach, Jesus. Personally. It wasn't your mama, it wasn't your daddy. I didn't go by a fleece here and a fleece there, but you call me yourself. Mama. Think of it, children. He had power to heal the sick, to be able to do all these great things. 
But you see the great error that Jesus is setting forth in these people. Their error is to not do his will. Because somehow the focus, they thought, well, if I do this and this and this, all these other things I don't do, God will overlook that. (laughs) Now notice the words of Jesus in verse 23. Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Now this is not knowledge of knowing their name. He's not saying I never knew you existed. This is the Greek word that was used to line up actually with the equivalent Hebrew word in the Old Testament that when a man would know his wife. Jesus knew who they were. He knew their name. But what he's saying is, I never had a relationship with you. You never received my seed in your soul. I imagine Demas will walk up there. Remember, he was a spirit-filled man. We looked at it Sunday. Led to Christ by Paul. But yet, there's such a difference in being able to do signs and wonders and even good works than a desire to obey. Now, notice Jesus goes on to say, I never knew you. You was never my bride. I never took you unto myself and overshadowed you and sowed my seed in you. I never knew you. Now listen to these words. Can you imagine, friend, oh God, I I hope none of us sitting here tonight ever hear these words. I hope nobody under the sound of my voice ever hears these words. Depart from me. Now you know, if we are going to sit at the table, the marriage supper, and we are going to still cry, until he wipes that out of our eyes. I wonder, Brother Nathan, how are these people going to react? Because when they get in the regions of the lost, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I wonder what kind of emotion and what kind of display that they will show. Lord God. I I just can't imagine what they will be thinking. They unload their self and they tell Jesus what they've done and then Jesus will say these words unto them. I never even knew you. What? No. Look, there's something wrong here. This can't be right. I preached. I, I, I was in Africa on the mission field. I, I, I'd done this and that and the other. I never knew you. I moved on your heart when you was 20 years old about taking my name in baptism. But I remember it as plain as day, sitting there in that tent in the coast of Africa, and you said, if I do that, I'll lose my position. I can't do that. The church will throw me out. 
That was me dealing with you and you turned me down for a clerical position. You turned me down to be a missionary with a denominational system. So this is the words I say to you. Depart from me. Listen how he frames this. Ye that work iniquity. Now you do understand, of course, there's a difference in you falling short of the glory of God, me falling short of the glory of God, right? Are we all have mistakes? Anybody had to repent of anything since Sunday? Okay, I see the rest of you is going to repent right now. Go ahead and do it right now, and I'll go ahead with the service. <laughs> but that's not the same thing as what Jesus said to these people. Notice the word that he uses here when he says, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Look at this word. It's minister about, labor for. So you trade by. So this become their business. Don't you understand? That's what a lot of religion is. It's just a business. And may I say it's a filthy one. Because it conveys to people they can live any way they want to. They can do whatever they want to. Don't you understand a lot of these television preachers and a lot of these Laodicean preachers, they ain't nothing. They ain't nothing in the world but a bunch of trafficking iniquity preachers. And what are they selling? What are they doing? They're selling iniquity by telling their people, oh, it don't make no difference if you wear makeup. It don't make, why God don't care. It don't make no difference. Them bunch of holy rollers and that, them people down at that skirt church. Oh, wow, that's just a bunch of craziness. But it, well, if it is, what if our sisters lost by dressing godly? What if you lost if you don't? I told somebody not long ago, I said, yeah, we're the skirt church in so much, even our piano wears one. <laughs> our keyboard wears one and our organ did wear one till we built another case for it. Let them laugh. Let them ridicule. Let them make fun. But one day they will stand there before Almighty God and God will say, you sold iniquity. You trafficked iniquity. You understand what all these churches are doing? They are trafficking Iniquity, it's their business. They traffic damnation. Oh Lord. <laughs> Minister about labor for, labor for, trade by to make gains by trading. Well, of course they do. Gain more members. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. That's what a lot of folks want. Let me tell you something, friend. That's not just hanging the denomination either. A lot of folks in the message are looking for preachers that'll rub them on the head. Oh, don't get down where I live, you know, just kinda, just kinda, you know, just don't remember, and more than not, you know it. More and more and more. There are more message churches that don't want to hear the message preached. They don't mind you saying, oh yeah, God sent a prophet, but they just don't want you to stand up telling what he said. 
They don't want you quoting what he said. What do they want to hear? The same Bible stories they heard when they was a Methodist. And they don't want the prophet mentioned. They don't want the word mentioned. They don't want the seven seals. They don't want the message. Why? Because Satan knows that's where rapturing faith lays in the end time message of the last day. Oh, my brother, sister, the, the Pentecostals preach the Bible stories. The Methodists preach the Bible stories. It did not produce a rapture then. It won't produce one now. We've got to have a message of the last days, a message of the end time. It ain't enough to say, oh, yeah, I believe God sent a prophet. Tell me what he said. But now you realize a real gift from God to a real son of God can actually be misused. This is where it gets really tricky and dangerous somewhat. People want gifts and they ask for them and pray for them. And many promoted in that sense but there's such a responsibility that comes with them. Now, I figure in the next little bit, amens will be like hen's teeth. And some of you's going to get quiet, even though I'm going to read to you what your prophet said. I'll see if you believe it or not. The Word became flesh, 1954. I believe that I have misused a great divine gift of a prophetic gift used in a way of divine healing. I don't think that it's encouraged God or caused God to think so much of me in doing so. And somebody said, y'all okay with that? Really? Okay, well good, I'll I'll go on there. I was going to do it anyway, but it's just nice when y'all go along with it. <laughs> now, you see, if you were looking for a perfect preacher, man alive, I hate to tell you, you're wasting your time. There are no perfect singers, perfect musicians, and they sure ain't no perfect laity. And there ain't no perfect preachers, there ain't no perfect prophets, there's never been a perfect apostle, there's never been a perfect pastor. There's never been a perfect missionary. But you see, people sometimes, depending on what they do with God-given gifts. Now, Brother Branham, there's no question about it. I mean, God used a man in in a way that has never been used before and never will again. As a matter of fact, as he said, if anything, anything greater rises, higher, better than this, greater than this, I am a false prophet. And there will never raise anything greater than that. But noticing now as he starts using this, this gift. Now, this is notice the year, it's 1954. And he says that he believed that he'd misused a great divine gift. Now, was he using it for money? You know better than that, no. Was he using it for women? No. He was using it to help the people because he loved the people. So you see, if Satan can't get you one way, he'll try to trip you up in another way. 
and use your desire to say, be genuine. Oh, I just want to help the people. I, I just want to help them. That's exactly what Brother Branham wanted to do. He wanted to help the people. Now, notice this in why in Bloomington. This is 1961, a few years apart. You see, I'm trying to use a prophetic gift in an evangelistic service. That's the reason it don't work so well. It does in Africa and it does anywhere else but the United States. Anywhere else but here, it'll work. Now, actually, what happened was in the United States and some parts of the world, but in the United States, this gift become a form of entertainment. And you can watch the people in the prayer lines. Brother Random would call them out and tell them this and this. And then if he would stop with the discernment and just start laying hands on the people, and you can hear it in the prayer line, the response of the people goes down. The people quit shouting and quit hollering and praising the Lord. And he'd say, now he's still here. He's still here. And he said, look here, look here. This woman here, your name is so-and-so. You've been so-and-so. And then watch the people. Listen at them. They'll go to riding again, riding again. Their faiths would get up. Now, what's happening? They are looking at the sign instead of the commission. Praise the Lord. Now, notice this. As I was with Moses, if you haven't heard this in a while, do you good to listen at it. It's a turning place in Brother Bram's ministry, September the 11th, 1960. No matter what goes on, how much I fall, fail rather, I fail miserably, I should have never went ahead with them signs. Now listen what his confession is. That wasn't the will of God. I should have never went ahead with them signs. That wasn't the will of God. So here now we don't have a guy that's Matthew 7. We don't have a man that's gonna stand before God and him say, well, Lord, I, I cast out devils out on this and God say to him, well, depart from me. No, we're talking about a real prophet of God that loved the Lord and had a greater gift than, my goodness, in my opinion, next to the Lord Jesus himself. As a matter of fact, the prophet said the Lord Jesus had more success in his ministry than he did his own when he was on the earth. <laughs> Boy, that's a hard one to swallow, ain't it? But it's the truth when you look at it in reality. But yet we're still looking at a son of God. And you said, you know, people say, oh my goodness. Well, I, you know, what, what if somebody makes a mistake with the gift, then we don't want them at all. No, we want real ones. We want genuine ones. But we've got to understand when God gives you that, it's gonna depend on what you do with it. And then you will be held accountable for the way you administer that gift. Now, notice this. I should have never went ahead with them signs. It wasn't the will of God. But God's blessed it anyhow. Okay. So something can be out of the will of God and God bless it anyhow. But apparently God's got tired of it because his prophet is changing some things here. Now, notice he said, but I'm ready to leave this mountain. I want to go across Jordan. I want to carry the commission. Now listen what the commission was from the angel of the Lord. Get the people to believe you. Get the people to believe you and when you pray, nothing will stand before your prayer, even cancer. But it got to where if people didn't hear their name and their address and this and that and the other, the commission didn't mean too much. Now listen carefully. You say, why are you saying this? Because I'm afraid our message ranks is heading in the same direction. That if somebody don't tell you something, a certain evangelist travels around the world, wanted to 
talk with me some time ago. And he was at a certain place preaching. And had a prayer line after his preaching. And a sister come up and told him whatever it was she wanted, young sister. So the brother prayed for her. Go, sister, believe it. So she stands there, stops, stands there, looks at him. Did the Lord show you anything, she says? He said, no. Did the Lord tell you anything? No. Now you see, if we're not careful, we will so major on such things that it'll come to pass that people will not think they can get healed unless somebody's discerning them or they feel something or they pass out or they fall out. Hey, I believe in all of that. But Jesus didn't say none of that when he sent us forth in Mark 16. Come on now. I've been hearing more and more of it that people, they come up in a prayer line and if you don't tell them, well, the Lord shows me this or the Lord says that or the Lord says that, then they, they can't believe. Don't you see what's happening? We're coming to the same spot, if we're not careful, that Brother Branham was himself. So what was it that led it to this spot? Maybe I should go in the office and finish this sermon. It might be safer for me. <laughs> you know what led it to this? Brother Branham. Not trying to be selfish. Not trying to be arrogant and proud because he loved God's people and wanted to help them so much that he took something that he shouldn't have and used it in an improper way because he saw it helped the people's weak faith. Praise the Lord. Now, notice what he says. All the Pentecostal people like signs. They like to see it. The Bible said a wicked and adulterous generation seeks after signs. But the commission was pray for the sick. And tens of thousands times thousands that I have failed to pray for because they all desired the sign. Y'all doing good. Don't nobody jump up and run out. Somebody's nervous right now. You got it in high gear, ain't you? That's okay. Just sit still. You're doing good. Oh, you see, this is the reason that I can follow this man. Show me where some of these other TV guys will stand up and tell you there's mistakes. Show me where some of the message pastors will. <laughs> They'll preach on yours. Ain't it funny? You never hear none of theirs. Come on now, saints. So sit there and look at me that way. But this man was honest before God and honest before us. So when I hear these people say he was a deceiver and he tried to do this and other, I think, you're a bunch of idiots. You apparently don't listen to very many tapes at all because he tells on himself more than the believe the sign ever told on him. 
Well, hallelujah. Come on now. Why? Because he's following God's pattern of the Bible. That's the way God's Bible did. It told on Moses. It told on David. It told on Jeremiah. He tells on us. And Brother Branham told on himself. That's a real servant of God. Now notice this honesty. But the commission was pray for the sick. And tens of thousands times thousands that I have failed to pray for because they all desired the sign. They all desire it. Now we won't ask for a show of hands tonight of how many in our building tonight if we was having a prayer line and Brother Branham was here and that gift was there, how many of us would want the same thing? Or could we walk through the prayer line and say, servant of God, you don't have to see no vision for me. If you'll pray, God will do it. I believe it. Or you could stand right there and say, you don't have to lay hands on me. Just look at me. Let me get in your shadow. Hallelujah. Just say the word. Say it. I'll walk off here well. Or would you want your name told? I could understand if you were sick. I could understand if you don't know what world you're in, that somebody might need to tell you your name. You've noticed since you're knee high to a jackrabbit, why in the world do you want somebody to tell you your name now? Well, you want somebody to tell you what you had for breakfast. You went to the doctor. You think that makes you more spiritual, then more spiritual? Do you know God's prophet said the greatest honor that you and I can pay to God is believe his word. Believe, that's the greatest honor. You could give the work of God $100 million. That's not the greatest honor. The greatest honor you can ever pay to God is take God at his word and say, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Oh, Brother Donnie, you gonna stop having prayer lines? No, I am not. But I want us to have them also knowing if a man of God passes out before you get to him, you can say, well, glory to God, I got close enough to the anointing. I still believe I'll be well. The deacons laid hands on me, but the Bible said they shall, and I believe I'm gonna get well in here. Well, nobody discerned me. Well, shoot. Nobody saw no light over me or no this or that or the other over me. Have you got a word for me? I do. I've got a word for everybody here tonight that's sick. By his stripes, you are already healed. I've got a word for you. Glory to God. They shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. In my name, they will cast out devils. I've got a word for you. I've got a word from Almighty God. He cannot lie. Watch this in paragraph 163. The other day, I was trying to work the ministry. And I got it into the room, and a man come on the platform and said, Now, Brother Branham, wait a minute. My case is different. I've just got to know something. I said, Well, the doctor can examine you. Oh, no, I don't want that. I want to know right now, my case is so different. I said, well, I hate to do this, brother. Went on into it, and the first thing you know, the Holy Spirit, he said, praise the Lord. That's right. I said, 
the rest of y'all come now and let me pray for you. Well, when I did that, you know, the next one and, and said, my case is just as important as his. Then I got about six or eight, closed the meeting, like to kill me. Now listen to these words. I always wondered why that would do that to me. It's because I was doing it wrong. That's just a signpost pointing to the commission. It's not the commission. But I want to go across, oh glory, I want to go on across Jordan. I want to get into that something yonder where my faith, listen, he's talking about himself. Brother Branham wanted something to happen to him. You can see why. He would have depended on them visions. You understand them visions was the word of the Lord. It was infallible. It was infallible. Remember him telling about the man that fell and all these tons of pressure built and fell on the man and crushed his liver and my, my, many, many things, didn't think he's even going to live. And Brother Ram said, I told my wife, oh, if Jesus was here meeting, he'd walk down there in that hospital, he'd lay his holy hands on him, and he said, that boy be made well. He said, that boy stood with me, you know, and told some different things, and he said, oh, but I'm a sinner. Oh, but if God would show me a vision. And he said, then I told her, well, if God did show me a vision and I went down there, it'd still be these same old sinful hands. So he said, I walked in there without a vision and laid hands on him. He was in service that night the next night one. They didn't expect him to live. Don't you see, for Brother Branham, it would have been so easy for him to depend on that. Oh, there's nothing wrong with visions. There's nothing wrong with emotion unless, unless we have to have them to believe we're healed. Oh, he says, where my faith will rise to a spot that when I pray for the people, he's being honest and saying, I want my faith that I just pray for him. Remember him saying that if God showed him that George Washington was going to raise from the dead, he'd invite the world to come and see him and say, get him a chair and let him sit down and rest a while. Isn't it amazing, though, he didn't do that without a vision. Now, the word says there'll be a resurrection. I hope George Washington will be there and be part of it. But Brother Bam didn't know that for sure that George Washington would. So he couldn't call him out of there. You can see, for us, it's hard to imagine. We don't live in that realm of vision. Oh, yeah, I've seen visions before myself. But I've never lived in that realm that God's prophet lived in. It was so absolutely perfect. He would challenge the whole world on it. Oh, my. Now, notice he said, I've leaned heavy on the signpost myself. Lord, you show me about this before I pray for him because I don't know what I might do. Listen to this response. How cruel. Wow. How cruel that was. Well, if it was cruel then, I ask you, want to be cruel again if we do the same thing? Oh my. 
Listen to this. I asked the congregation to forgive me. Okay, T.D. Jakes. I'm waiting, bro. All the rest of you, how about you smiley guy down in Texas? I'm really waiting on you, man. No, I didn't call him bro. I just said man. I like to stand and hear them give an honest, sincere apology. I've, I've been wrong. I've led you wrong. They're not this caliber of man. Oh, my. I asked the congregation to forgive me. The congregations of the world that's listening in on this tape, forgive me. I was wrong. I should have never carried it out like that. That wasn't his commission at the first place. That was a sign pointing to the commission. I should have prayed for the sick everywhere. I would stand sometime and run 50 or 75, maybe 40 or 50 discernments at one time. Each and every night, is that right? Gene, Leo, you're here somewhere. That's in the meeting, said sure, that was the truth. And what did it do when it left me and started home? I'd forget where I was at. Want to know where I'd come from on the highway. You mean to tell me God does that to a man? No, sir. It was a man doing it to himself by taking a signpost instead of a commission. So our commission is what? Mark 16. The prophet identifies it and says the first commission to the church was Matthew 10. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. Then he reaffirms it again to the church in Mark 16. Isn't it amazing? As much as we believe in shouting. Anybody tells you I don't believe in shouting, you tell them they're a liar. I do believe in shouting. But Jesus didn't say, these signs shall follow them that believe, they shall shout. They will, but he knew everybody wouldn't. Aren't you glad he didn't say that's a sign? You non-shouters, you'd be in a heap of trouble, wouldn't you? Do we believe visions? Do we believe in spiritual dreams? Do we believe in all that? But was them words in in the commission of Mark 16? Wonder why Jesus didn't say that? Because he knew there would only be very few that would ever see vision. So the commission could only be, you know, way back under 300 years ago, and then maybe there'd be another down there every 400 years or 500 years that would see a vision. But he made the commission to where seeing a vision or not seeing a vision, shouter, not a shouter, jumper, not a jumper, you could still obey the commission of the word of God. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. And the church said, do we believe in these other things with all of our hearts? But that's not the commission. Can y'all handle a little bit more, a few more minutes? Okay. Now let me just say this and I'll get you up real, cinched up real tight and then I'll read it to you. You do realize 
that in the, the manifestation of the pools of the prophet's ministry, that whenever he started explaining to the other preachers and so on, actually, Brother Branham was the cause of the impersonations. Now I'll read it to you. Then you can say amen. Now watch this. So that's what he told me the other night. Said, you caused a lot of carnal impersonations to rise. Who did? Now can you imagine an angel of God standing before you? He crossed his arms. I'll read it to you in a minute. Stood there with his arms crossed, looking at him. When Brother Branham says what he says, when you hear it, it's like he's saying it with a stern voice. Now again, a lot of preachers ain't going to say this about angelic visitations. That he got all over me and rebuked me and done this and that. You ever heard any preachers talk about that? Wonder why? Let's tell the whole truth, what you say. Amen. Now look, friend, whenever I gave my heart to God, I, 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 was, I was in all the way. When I come to the message, been in it now for 40 years, by the grace of God, I was in it all the way. I'm still in it all the way. So I am not forbidden from reading quotes like this or preaching them. Amen. Oh, Brother Donnie, it'll hurt people. It'll only hurt those that don't understand the truth. You see, if you're trying to make an idol out of Brother Brandon, boy, you can't take these kind of quotes. But if you're wanting the truth, you'll say, thank you, Lord, for a man that told us the truth. Thank you for a prophet that would be honest. Now, notice the angel telling him, you caused a lot of carnal impersonations to rise. And he said, no, don't let no one ever see this. Remember, he said that third pull was not a public show. And just then this one who had been talking, now this is from what is a vision in Chicago, behind me, stepped around in front of me, it was him, the angel of the Lord. And he had his hands folded, he looked at me and said, just what I told you not to do. I said, yes, that's right. He said, you see that first pull was when you used to put your hand on the people and tell them what their trouble said. The second pull was when you'd know the secret of the heart like I told you and said, instead of you keeping that to yourself, you tried to explain all about it and tell the people and when you did, you didn't know nothing about it yourself. Is it just me or is it getting hot in here? Now I'm going to tell you one thing. If angelic visitations don't correct other men around this message, I have to question the angel. I don't figure there's none of us ever walked where he did or ever will. And if he needed correction, how much do we need it? Oh my goodness, I heard a vision of a man years ago, said it was a vision. He was caught up in a vision and caught up into heaven itself. Supposed to be a preacher of this message. And whenever he walked into heaven, Paul come and got him. And Paul set him down in a chair and him and Paul sat there and started having a conversation. 
And Paul started telling him how hard it was in life, how tough his burden was. I about got sick as a dog sitting there. I said, who in the world does this fella think he is? Paul, you think Paul beyond the curtain of time is sitting up there talking about the troubles he'd had down here in life. He went through this big long drawn out deal. I thought, bud, who, who, who told you that you was the main man? Cause they sure lied to you. You need to find who they are. Paul told him this and Paul told him that. Oh, brother, he said, Paul said, I know, brother, you'll understand. I can't share this with nobody up here. Can you imagine a person in a theophany body talking to a blowed up stuffed shirt that don't even know the first letter of humility and Paul talking to him about some, come on, somebody, let's wake up and realize heaven is not full of arrogance and pride and selfishness. It's gonna be full of people that died to that stuff. Good Lord. If y'all see me standing on the side of the road tomorrow, we'll work for food. Will anybody stop by me a hamburger? You will? All right, thank you. He said, you don't know nothing about it yourself. And you caused a bunch of incarnal impersonations to rise up. And you see what you've done? You see, friends, how dangerous it is when we have God's gifts if we don't use them the right way? Well, I believe in the move of God. Yes, with all my heart. I just don't want to see it go back this way. Toward that if you don't have a word for somebody, if you don't see a vision for somebody, they don't get nothing. I believe in all of that. But all of that is only as credible as the man who's telling you. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt I can trust his word. There's been all kinds of folks that's had dreams about Erica. Different ones have seen visions about this and I thank God for every one of them. But let me tell you where my faith is anchored in tonight, God's written word. God's written word. Hallelujah. That way if I don't feel it and if she has good days and bad days, if you have good days and bad days, that don't change a thing. If you've got your revelation in the written word, then you may not be able to get a hold of the sister that had a dream about you or a man that had a vision about you. But brother, as long as you've got an iPhone or a droid, you can be able to have that promise right there and read it to the devil every day. By his stripes, I am healed. Read it to him. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Yes, thank God for him. Thank God for shouting, but the absolute is the word of God. The absolute is the word of God. Gifts can be wrong. God's word can never be wrong. Well, praise the Lord. I guess I'll be the subject of some sermons for the next month or so, but <laughs> that's okay. Read with me Mark chapter 16, verse 15. 
And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and push play. What? This is the commission from the man himself. And if he felt like and knew that preaching would work up to so far and then at the last age, he said, now after that, y'all don't need to preach no more. Push play and obey. But if you push play and obey, you'll have preachers in your church. Because that's what the tapes will tell you. So it shows me they're pushing play, but they ain't obeying. Or they'd have a pastor that preaches the word of God. Well, glory. I know some of you wish I'd come with a remote. Some of y'all would speed me up. Some of you back me up. And some of you jump me from one thing to the other. I'm so glad I didn't come with only one remote handheld by God himself. <laughs> I see why folks don't want no preachers. They can pick what they want to hear when they listen to a tape. And they can start it here and stop it here and start it here and stop it here. That's why they don't want their hide burn up living like a bunch of Jezebels and a worldly system. Brother, I'll tell you, we need some men of God in the pulpit that'll preach the old-fashioned Holy Ghost gospel that'll introduce Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever that'll heal the sick, that'll clean up our lives. And he said unto them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents which is not serpent handling churches. These examples were displayed in the book of Acts and there weren't any serpent handling churches. There was a preacher one time that's building a fire and a snake showed up in the wrong wood pile. He sizzled to his death. He went ahead and grabbed a hold of that old thing and the devil thought, boy, I've got him now. I'll take that old preacher out. But actually it was the serpent that got took out because Paul shook him off in the fire. That's what we want to do. This is the fulfillment of Mark 16. That old lust thing grabs a hold of you, shake it off in the fire. Pornography grabs a hold of you. Sickness grabs a hold of you. Cancer grabs a hold of you. Hang it over the fire and say, go on back to hell, you devil. Go on back to hell where you come from. Let go of me, you devil. You ain't got no right to hold me. By his stripes, I'm healed. By his blood, I'm redeemed. I'm set free, hallelujah. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay. They shall lay hands on the sick. The prophet said it didn't even say you had to pray. Remember Brother Redham talking about him doing an x-ray on the preachers? On certain ones? And when they take their hand out and put it down on people's head, it looked like fire, lightning, light coming out of their hands. Amen. It wasn't every one of them, they said, just certain ones. I've had a few of them lightning bold preachers lay hands on me before. 
You understand? Can you imagine the phenomenal of the supernatural God? Now look for it. The Lord Jesus could have said they'll all see visions. They will all shout. They will all jump. That's, that is not, that's not the commission. So if we're not careful, we will insert things and our focus will be, oh, just look, give me a word, brother. Give me a word. I'm not making light of that. But that's not the commission. We're going to look back if the Lord changed in a few years and say, what happened to us? Now we're having prayer lines and, and, and people won't even, they won't even believe unless you see something for them. I got one more quote and I'm going over a little bit, but I'm going to read it for you. Let's jump over our just one, brothers, to try and do God a service. Many times a man, God can deal with them and give them a gift and the people will squeeze in on those people. And if they're not perfectly called in sin of God, he'll cause that man or that woman to say something that isn't his will because the people constrains them to do it. How I had to catch our own little pastor on it. Out here in the woods one morning, about three o'clock in the morning, said, go tell Brother Neville. I come to you, didn't I, Brother Neville? Everybody, Brother Neville, prophesy over me. Tell me this or that. You see, you would have him saying things that wouldn't come to pass. Praise the Lord. Amen. So you see, with everything that God gives us, we still have to use it in the right way. How many wants to just use whatever God's given you? And you want to be sensible and responsible. And you singers, you musicians, well, whatever it is that God's given you to the body, remember, a lot of it will depend on you, how you use it, what a blessing it will be. And it may not even necessarily be the way you want it. I've said it to you before and I'll say it again tonight and God is my witness. If it was left up to me, we would stop our internet tonight. I would never stream it again. I get shot at, hate, criticize, ridicule. People want to cut my head off and everything else. And that's the message, people. (laughs) Much less the sinners. But you know why I do it? Because I get a little letter, and I'll get some after this. Some of them right now is chomping their, their, their fingernails off. They say, no, dear God, don't let him do it. I do it because people here and there and everywhere, some no church to go to. So it ain't for me. It ain't even necessarily for you, your gift. It may pull you. Ask these deacons sometime if everything about their position. It's good and smooth and lovely. No. Song leaders, musicians, it's sacrificing. But that's what a gift is given for. Not for you, for others. Let's bow our heads together. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. With all of our heads bowed here tonight, I wonder, maybe some of you are not even sure what you have, what God's given to your charge, your care. Maybe you're still really trying to sort through it all and just 
Lord, what do you want me to do? What am I called to do? Well, if you're there tonight, I believe that he can help you to be able to know what his will is for your life. Maybe some of you, you're convinced, at least for the present right now, oh, I'm supposed to do this and this and this. Maybe some of you have been in that for years and years. But I dare say every one of us, no matter what category we're in of the three that I described, i sure every one of us could say, Lord, we need your help. I've been in my vocation of what God called me to be for decades of my life. But I still need his help because I don't want to mess up. He's given me different gifts in my life. What will I do with them? Will I take them and pull them toward me? Me, 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 God showed me, God told me, God told me, God showed me, God showed me, God told me. If I'm the only person on the earth that God is talking to, you folks should question it since we're in a body move. God ain't just talking to one man or two men or three men. God's dealing with his bride around the world. How many of you would like to be remembered tonight? I would. Would you pray for me? Heavenly Father, I know it's, it's been strange, really. The last several services have been so somber, so serious, so checkup time, I guess we'd say. Lord, I thank you for it because I believe it's in the right season. I pray, Lord, you'd begin with me tonight. Help me. Lord God, what little you've given me Help me that I'll always be responsible with it, Lord. That I'll never abuse it. I'll never use it wrong. I'll never turn it toward me or this, our church, but it'll always be turned towards you and what can bring you glory. Lord, we, we don't need no glory. We deserve none. Lord, for every man, woman, boy, girl that's here present, those that have streamed the service, Would you help each of us? Some of them may never prophesy. They may never speak in tongues. They may never be the emotional type that'll run up and down the hallways of the church and scream and be really loud. And and we we thank God for that. I, I, I love to see sons and daughters of God dancing and worshiping God in the spirit. I love to see it. But yet I know all of them won't do that because that was not in the commission. So whatever the commission was, It's what will be in the body, every body. It will be there. Every assembly, that's where you want it. You could have included many of these other things, but you chose the ones you wanted. So then you add other things. We thank you for people who can have dreams and they come with no symbols, which your prophet told us without a prophet in the land to interpret it, a dream from God will not have a bunch of symbols. So it'll not be three stars hanging over three goats and 14 cows over on the left and 32 trees on the right. And then we come out there and say, well, I think it meant this or that or the other. Well, according to the message of the hour, unless they're a prophet, they ain't got no right to interpret that. But yet, Lord, we know people want to be so spiritual so they will have a dream and have all kinds of symbols in it and they go to interpret it. And I'm thinking, my goodness, 
I guess we just think it don't matter. We want to be so spiritual because somehow we think those things make us more spiritual than obeying the word. Lord, help us. Help us to realize how you love obedience. How you love obedience. Well, Father, I pray from now until the rapture comes. Leastwise in our assembly, others can do whatever they want. Every church is sovereign. I pray for every time that we come up for prayer. For every individual, whether it's individually or we have a prayer line or whatever, that my church does not think that I have to see a vision over them or have a, have a, a word, as it would be said, but that I can lay my hands on them and they've got confidence and they'll walk away and say, by the Lord Jesus' stripes, I am healed. Then if you give a vision to somebody or a dream to somebody, praise God, we'll accept that as long as it's right, as long as it's true. But our greatest honor that we can give to you is believe your word. Help us, I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. May we be able to leave this place tonight and ponder. I know they will. They're going to think about it and they're going to be talking about it. And no doubt people will be talking about it on the internet. Oh, my goodness, you're what Brother Donnie's preaching. Oh, what in the world is he getting? Is he doing away with the supernatural? Lord, you know better than that. Anybody that knows me knows I'm not. I just don't want us to get to the same spot that Brother Branham got to. And he missed praying for thousands of people. Thousands of people missed their healing because other people there had to have a sign. And it wore him out so much that the people couldn't even get prayed for. But thank you for his honesty, Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Anybody in here tonight want to just say, Lord, I want to take you at your word. I want to be the kind of Christian that I can take you at your word. I won't have to have to ask the preacher, did you see anything? You got a word for me? Would you feel anything? Uh, well, you got, you got something special? Well, if the preacher says, yeah, by his stripes you are healed, brother. Praise be to God. Help us, Lord, to give you the highest honor we can give. We can take you at your word. Oh, we worship you tonight, Jesus. We bless you, Father. Lord, I'm not trying to chide them. I have walked in these shoes before, Lord. The reason I can tell them these things because being a former Pentecostal, I know how I was. Oh, how I depended on signs. How I would seek after those. I told them not long ago of some instances in my life. I know what it can lead you to. And you had to let me fall flat on my face to break me away from it. And Lord, it breaks my heart when I see some of the message people going in the same way that I was in when I was a Pentecostal. And yet a lot of the message people have never been in Pentecost, so they really don't have a clue what it's all about. And here I am, me and Harry and others of us has been in there, and we see some of the same stuff coming around again. Not a repeat of the original Acts too, but a repeat of Azusa Street. We don't want that, Lord. We don't see what that messed up. We want the original, the original. <laughs> Hallelujah! 
Lord God, your prophet said the American people had to be entertained. I hope they can understand that's what they wanted him to do with the gift, entertain them. I pray our church does not turn into that type of a church that we have to be spiritually entertained. But Lord God, may we as your people be able to ask for prayer and walk away from there. If we don't feel anything, it means absolutely nothing. If we didn't have a sensation, if the preacher didn't see a vision over us or, or give us a direct word from God, we walk away from there and we believe. And in a few days or a month or however long, it happens because we take you at your word. Grant it, Lord God. Would you lay your hands on one another tonight? Now, if you notice, when Jesus sends his commission, he doesn't even say that it was just limited to preachers only. Carol got a testimony just this week from, from one of the sisters and had a baby that was suffering. Wasn't no preacher around, so this sister just laid her hands on her baby herself and asked God to move. Well, you, I guess you know the rest of the story. God moved. Why? Because Jesus said, they shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. No doubt, no doubt, there's sicknesses and diseases and troubles and heartaches and all kinds of things in this place tonight. How many of y'all believers with me? We want to believe for our brothers and sisters right now. Praise God. Brother Darrell, maybe you can come, buddy, and pray for the people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if you feel it, that's wonderful. But it's still wonderful if you don't because you're taking God at his word. And if you walk out here and say, well, everybody around me shouted, but I, I didn't feel one thing. Don't base it on that. Pay God the highest honor you can pay him. You believe his word. Let's just believe. Hallelujah. Almighty God. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we bow in your wonderful presence this evening, Lord. Believe in the promises of your word to be true, dear God. For Lord, heavens and earth will pass away, yet your word shall never fail, Lord. And in obedience to your word tonight, we lay our hands upon one another. For Father God, it is a commission that's been given to us, Lord. And I've seen you do so many wonderful things. When the saints of God would take you at your word, Lord, and call on your name on behalf of their brother and their sister, Lord, to see them delivered, God, of afflictions, to see them delivered, dear God, of, of depression and oppression and diabetes, Lord, and arthritis and cataracts and glaucoma. And oh, God, there's nothing too great for you tonight, Father. So, Lord, I pray, may the Holy Spirit that wrote the word, dear God, may it come and confirm it tonight, I pray, as we lay hands upon one another. May the weak be made strong, Father God. May the sick be made well. Oh God, may the depressed be lifted up in joy, dear God. And may every promise of your word be come to pass in the lives of your people tonight, Father. For Lord, the same word that said we shall lay hands upon the sick, that same word said we shall take a rapture, dear God. And Father, we believe that word to be true, Lord. And we're moving towards it now. And in obedience to your word, Father, we curse the enemy that 
would come against us tonight in the name of Jesus Christ by that same anointing that raised our Lord from the grave. May that same anointing who gave my daughter back to me, may that same anointing tonight move upon the hearts of the people, dear God, and may the chains fall off. May the chains loose tonight from the people that we can go free. For you said in your word, whom the Son has made free is free indeed. Satan, you're a defeated foe. You have no hold on us. I rebuke you tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, leave these people for the glory of God as we lay hands on one to the other to the other. May the liberation of the Spirit come, Lord, and may we lift up the hands in victory. We are not a defeated people. We are the overcomers of this hour, and every devil is under our feet. Oh, God, we can look tonight to our feet, God, and see that every devil is under our feet, Lord. We are the army of God, an invincible army, and we will not be defeated, dear God. Will we march, Lord? Hallelujah, General, the Holy Spirit. And we're marching on, Lord God, tonight. God, I commend my brother and my sister into your hands for your glory. May there come great testimonies, dear God, tonight. Because the saints of God, in obedience to your word, laid hands on one another. Father God, I did, Lord, what you told us to do. Now the rest, Lord, is up to you, Father. We lay our hands upon the sick in obedience, Lord. But you are the healer, dear God. And we look to you tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. And the saints said, Amen. Amen. May it be so for the glory of God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Praise the Lord. Help me by. Glory to God. Isn't he wonderful, friends? Amen. Amen. I was in a meeting not long ago. They was, they was going to have a prayer line. But I did not feel to have the prayer line. And I told the people, I said, lay hands on one another. And they did. Oh, there's all kinds of healings took place. People healed of back trouble and all kinds of things. Because the promises to you and to your children. And I say tonight, whose report will we believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Visions alive, prophecies will fail. Come on, friends, those things will fail, but the word of God will never fail us. Brother Brenham said, God will keep his word 100 times out of 100. Oh, how much more could we ask for? A God who keeps his word. Amen. Amen. Well, whose report will you believe? Hold on. I said, whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. For his report says, I am him. His report says, I am still. For his report says, I am free. His report says,
telling some people the other day, you come up, you get prayed for. Somebody lays hands on you. Instantly, your back trouble's over. Instantly. You go out rejoicing, praising God, telling everybody. It left me immediately when I was prayed for. You get up Monday morning, no pain. You get up Tuesday morning, absolutely no pain. Telling everybody at work what happened to you. You get up Wednesday morning, you can't get out of bed. The pain's so bad you can't stand it. You cry out even to turn over. I said, do you know what that means? Absolutely nothing. We're not healed because we feel like it. We're healed because he said so. Do you love him? Amen. Well, whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. I said, whose report will you believe? Oh, we shall believe the report of the Lord. Oh, his report says, I am healed. His report says, I am sealed. report of the Lord whose report will you believe we shall believe the report of the Lord his report says I am healed his report says I am seen his report says I am free his report says victory I am seen. His report says I am free. His report says victory. Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. Let's just sing this little course this evening. Oh, it's already done. Hallelujah. It's already done. Praise the Lord. The battle is over and the victory's won. It's already done It's already done 
hallelujah, it's already done. Praise the Lord, the battle is over and the victory's won. It's already done. Oh, I'm already healed. Oh, hallelujah. I'm already healed. Praise the Lord. The battle is over and the victory's won. I'm already healed. Oh, it's already done. Oh, hallelujah. It's already done. Praise the Lord. The battle is over and the victory's won. It's already done. Sing it as you go tonight. Oh, I'm already healed. Oh, hallelujah. I'm already healed. Praise the Lord. The battle is over and the victory's won. I'm already healed. It's already done. Oh, hallelujah. It's already done. Praise the Lord. The battle is over and the victory's won. It's already done. I'm already healed. Oh, hallelujah. I'm already healed. Praise the Lord. The battle is over and the victory's won. I'm already healed. It's already done. Oh, hallelujah. It's already done. Praise the Lord. The battle is over and the victory's won. It's already done. Oh, it's already done. Oh, hallelujah. It's already done. Praise the Lord. The battle is over and the victory's won. It's already done. Oh, I'm already healed. Oh, hallelujah. I'm already healed. Praise the Lord. The battle is over 
and the victory.